And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at the University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kami Amrabian, joined by my co-host, Stephen Brown. Stephen, how's life, man? It's uh, it's it's pretty good. It's feeling good outside, finally. It's not uh, not rainy, not not super cold. Um, so it feels like we're finally getting away from just like the depression of 2020. Man, last week sucked. Like that was the week where most spring breaks were. And the week before that, it was really, really nice. And then last week it was like cold as hell. And then it was started raining and there was tornadoes. And then this week (laughs) feels pretty okay. Uh, But, you know, it's Oklahoma, so whatever. But yeah, it's it's uh, I'm looking forward to the next however many months. It feels if it's it's always a great time, you know, the one thing is like we're in that that season where. Like it feels pretty good during the day, but if you get caught out at night, it's freezing. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, especially like if you have a light jacket or and or shorts on, you're like, oh, I'll be fine. Yeah. And then like by seven o'clock, you're like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know what's even better about all of this is that for the longest time, people have been pointing to the 2021 date that OU meets Nebraska, and you know, Nebraska right here, like we, they kind of get caught with their pants down because they, they're talked they're they were talking about nixing the OU game and uh, replacing it with a, I don't know, like one of those crap. It was a uh, old dominion. Yeah. At school. home and to gain lost revenue as if they don't pack the stadium, even for a spring game. And, uh, they got bullied on Twitter for roughly like five hours before even, even their fans were like losing their minds uh, about them wanting to see play them play OU. And then finally they got bullied by everybody else into actually playing the game and they will be losing by 50 points or somewhere around five touchdowns. Does that sound about right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't blame them. If it was a, uh, like a last season during COVID, Obviously, you're looking to reschedule that game because no fans. Um, it's just not what it not what it was going to be. But uh, I think they're looking forward to having the stadium packed. So it's going to be a home and home. So um, they absolutely want to play this game. I'm just I think Nebraska is a little little bit embarrassed as far as where their program's at um, in the modern day college football landscape. They're not even a blue blood anymore. No, no, they're, they're pretty poor. What 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 is a blue blood? Because some people they just always forget what blue bloods are. <clears throat> oh, it's are. Clemson. Oh yeah, Clemson. Clemson. All of all of their uh, all of their fame that they had in the in the fifties and the sixties, seventies, and the eighties, and then the success they had. In the <laughs> they did 90s. have one national championship, I think, in the late eighties. Yeah, they they had one when everybody was wearing like you know flat tops and when uh, Mustang cars were boxy as hell and not cool at all. Uh, yeah, man, that blue blood status for sure. Oregon put them right in there, right? Gosh, God. I mean, terrible, terrible, terrible. It's pretty bad when your own fans are calling for you to reschedule a game against a probably opponent you're going to lose to pretty badly. Has there ever been a situation in your life where you decided to go against like one of your original decisions and you got bullied into going back on what you were supposed to do in the first place? Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there it's never, is. Never a good feeling, right? And then, like when you go back on that first decision, uh, you like, you feel terrible doing it the entire time. Like I wonder how those players felt too, because like Osborne and those dudes were holding a big fundraiser, like talking about the OU game, and then behind closed doors, they're trying to schedule Old Dominion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the game's not really even about like the score at the end of the day, because we already know money. who's yeah. most likely going to win. It's about money. And it's about just the tradition of football. Well, I don't know if that frost tire is working out for them. So good good luck to those guys, but they're going to need it. They're going to need a lot of help. Well, I mean, who knows? Oklahoma played Kansas State, missing roughly half their team at home in Norman. And they were up by 22 points, and they lost to them. So anything can happen, like Kevin Garnett says. Uh, you want to talk about some defense? Alex Grinch said some interesting things the other day. Yeah, his uh, his comments are night and day. What what Mike Stoops echoed, 
towards the end of his career. Yeah, and and you know, it's just really interesting. Alex Grinch goes into his third year. Everybody has low expectations going into his first year, and they're like, okay, if, he, if Alex Grinch can just make them formidable, they'll they'll be okay. The offense will take care of business. And then the defense was actually more than formidable, and then they were more than formidable the second year in a row. And then for the third year, now you're looking at the defense making strides and becoming like a really, really big weapon for this team. And Alex Grinch didn't really hold back, um, said a lot of good things about a lot of guys that, I mean, a lot of people have been wondering about, like most notably Jeremiah Cradell said, if there's like some, something along the lines of that's the biggest leap he's ever seen uh, a player take. And so people have been calling for Jeremiah Cradell and how awesome he could be in, in place of a Buki who's now Washington and uh, seems to be Alex Grinch is pretty excited for him. Yeah, and you have to remember that Cradell was one of those guys that they were they were after for a long, long time. Um, and especially it's a big recruiting battle on the West Coast at Matter Day. Um, I think the little the little uh, Lincoln Riley video of him just like screaming and going down the hallway, and everyone's like applauding. I think Tim Kish was there. Yeah, um, <laughs> they were all wearing like the same shirt. It, it was a big recruiting win. Yeah, so. Definitely wasn't planned. Um, optics wise, obviously you want to get them on the on the field because that is such a highly hyped up uh, commitment signee um, for Oklahoma at the time. But at the same time, it's just a bigger body. Now he's not like the six two, six three, you know, Justin Harrington, but uh, body type wise, he's night and day what what Buki was. Yeah, and you know, spring ball's back. Spring ball started on Monday, and they had their first practice, and so they got Alex Grinch to talk about a lot of guys. And Pat Fields is sitting out, but you have DTY, who's going to be like one of your kind of staples at safety. Justin Harrington working at cornerback. Jeremiah Cordell, he could play nickelback. He could play safety. Key Lawrence, he could play nickelback. He could play safety. Billy Bowman is working at nickelback. He's on defense, but he could play pretty much anywhere on the field because he's that highly rated of a recruit, that much of an athlete. And then Pat Fields, I mean, he is a safety, but do you think he's going to lose his job to injury? Uh, I think he loses time to injury. I don't think he loses his job completely. So you think he's going to come back in summer and have no problems getting his job back in the, for the fall? Well, I mean, we've already seen how Oklahoma likes to rotate their safeties and their, their secondary a little bit more mm-hmm. um, going into the last season. So for this, I don't. I think he would start the first game. Now, does he play that many series? Like, does he play 80% of the snaps? Probably right. not. He's more like a, maybe like a 60-40, 50-50 kind of thing going in. So if you had the name of starting group for game one uh in the secondary who are you going with uh, i think you go dty um as your safety pat fields is your other safety now you're going to rotate that that position a little bit more um justin harrington we'll see if he sticks at corner i don't think he will um uh, but i remember during his recruitment that he mentioned that you know corner is a pretty natural spot for him that he felt like and oklahoma was going to see you know how long he could last that position and if it sticks, it sticks. If not, you know, he's moving back over to safety. Um, so I'll go Justin Harrington game one. And then on the other corner, I'll go Woody Washington. Hmm. What about Nickel? Nickel, I'll probably go Cradell. I think he takes that spot. I know Billy Bowman's been mentioned to, to take that spot. But I think Jeremiah Cradell obviously is going to fit more naturally there. He has a, a bigger body type going in because Billy Bowman, for, for those who haven't seen him, he's he's pretty small guy. Um, he's just out of high school. So that's, that's not surprising at all. See, it's interesting because to me, I've got DTY as safety. Uh, I think, I think it's really one of the only two that you can really count on. And then my other safety, you know, I want to say key Lawrence, or I want to say Justin Harrington, Justin Harrington's not going to play cornerback. He doesn't have the hips. He's really fast. He, I don't think he's got the most range of motion in his hips. I don't think he's got that down. And he, I think he's too big. I think he'll end up playing either safety or nickelback in Key Lawrence. I could say, I could see him doing the same thing. I just don't know. Um, I think Key Lawrence and Justin Harrington are more talented than Pat Fields, but also Pat Fields is maybe a bigger leader than those two. So and I, Pat Fields might even be like one of the captains going into the season, don't you think? Yeah. And Pat Fields played pretty pretty well down the stretch 
that last four games. Isn't he going to be a senior this year? Should be. I think so. And he had his first interception well, last year, last season. We'll see if they count him as a senior because you have that extra year just yeah. because of COVID. And then if I had to look at cornerbacks and nickelbacks, I mean, cornerbacks, Woody Washington, I like D, I like DJ Graham, and you have Jaden Davis there too. Uh, but I like, I like Woody Washington and, and Graham, but you also have dudes like McCutcheon, Joshua Eaton that are like long athletes. And then Nickelback, again, you have a lot of dudes that can play safety and Nickelback. And that's really nice. And all of them are roughly twice the size as Buki. And, you know, Buki, give him credit where credit's due. He's usually in the right place to make plays. Did he always make those plays? No. Did he sometimes make the opposite play that you want him to. Yeah. Like the Kansas game. Remember when he like got he what didn't he intercept the ball and they fumbled it right back to Kansas. So interception. Yeah. And they fumbled it. I think it's supposed to be out of bounds, but the, yeah. the officials called it a fumble. So I mean, Buki, he was like, I don't get that. I, I don't get the hate for Buki as far as his overall play now. Cause he's, he's been, he's been in position a lot and he's made some good plays, but the it's same the time, expectations going in, I think it's, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and like, talk a little bit more about that. Like why, why are fans so outraged by him? I mean, if you just watch his, his high school tape, he played at several major programs on the West coast and then finished at IMG Academy. And at the time IMG was just throwing out just any sort of recruit, um, like just five stars everywhere. So um, going, coming out of IMG, that was the first IMG win. I think OU had had, I could be mistaken on that IMG TJ Pledger, I think was also one of those. So, um, but I mean, it was, it was a big, big win. Everybody expected Buki to come in, probably play corner as if he started at corner, I think he would have had a much better career. Um, but Mike soups found him as a safety. That was the spot that was open. So that's most likely why. Um, and it just wasn't, wasn't the natural fit. I think if they started him at corner, I think Buki would still probably be at Oklahoma. Wow. Yeah, man, I think Buki would have been a terrible corner. To, could you he was, imagine? He was pretty solid a corner. Could you imagine Buki manning up on one of those Texas receivers that's like six foot five? Yeah, but I mean, he still had to man up on tight ends. So. And he got worked the entire time, didn't yeah. he? And the in in like you have a Texas receiver like that's about the same size, maybe a little bit shorter, but a lot faster. And Buki. God help him. He's like, he's strong, but he's not fast either, but he's usually in the right position to make good plays. And he was, he was good, not great. And everyone expected him to be great. I think it's especially wearing 44. Yeah. can't do that. Can't do that. Can't do that. He'll, he'll get to do that out of Washington and celebrate overthrows by QBs. But do you think that the starting secondary game one is going to look a lot different or pretty similar to game six. I think it will look different. I think it'll look different. I think um, the one thing we mentioned was talking about Pat Fields. Maybe um, he doesn't start, but finds his rotation inwards from that point. So I certainly think he's going to start game one. Um, He'll play in game six, but does he have that starting role? Maybe not. I think that's fair. I I think like kind of like Buki down the stretch of this last year, we started to see Buki get phased out by Trey right. Wood. I think that's right. something that you'll see exactly. Which Buki like still played. Yeah, he did. But he never, he didn't start. Yeah, like Trey Norwood got so much playing time down the stretch over Buki, and he made plays with it. I mean, good for him. And you know, Alex Grinch. I mean, he had some really, really, really strong quotes. I mean, talking about complacency on defense, he says, you know, what we need to do is create a sense of urgency talking about you know players at Oklahoma just instead of working their ass off wanting to be the best version of themselves wanting to be the best football player they can be just going through the motions going through Benny Wiley's you know strength and conditioning program and saying hey man if I stay here long enough I'm eventually going to get to start or I'm eventually going to get right. to get some playing time and he said, you know, that's one of their challenges of the, of the guys that they have going into the spring, into the summer, is that, you know, like, if you're not on the high end of the depth chart, you can't just wait this thing out. You need to either buy into a role or you need to go to a different school because the clock is ticking. And he's right. Doesn't it doesn't it feel like for the longest time I'm I'm talking like Jesus, like 
2010 that a lot of guys on this roster actually shouldn't have been starting for OU on defense, but they sincerely just waited their time and got some starting time. Does that sound right? Oh yeah. And we, we've talked about this. I think it was uh, maybe a year or two ago that this secondary, what there's no real competition going on. Once you get the starting spot, you can just sit back and relax. That was, that was the whole joke about Kerry cooks and Mike Stoops was that once, you know, like a, uh, Oh man, like Steven Parker, Will Johnson. You look at those kind of DBs. Uh, once they had that role, there was no no one really pushing them. So like, there's no iron sharpening iron. There's no incentive to get better because you're not going to lose your spot regardless. And so, what changed then? Like, what what has changed from the Mike Stoops slash Ruffin McNeil era? What has changed from then to now? <laughs> is, is is it is it like? just the type of players is it the amount of coaching is it the mindset is it is it accountability is it all of the above like what is it's it going a little on? all of above it's it's coaching is obviously better development's better um but i i don't think they're they're uh scared to not commit to an upperclassman like if this guy's not our guy sorry i know you've been here two three four years but you're just not going to make it so you're going to either you know be that guy in the bench, be that guy in the locker room. You're not going to be a starter. They're, they're not scared to say that to someone. Whereas, you know, Mike Stoops would be like, okay, you know, you've, you've done your due diligence. You, you've sat and waited long enough. We'll finally put you in the game. God, imagine being Buki and seeing Key Lawrence walk through the door and seeing <laughs> other dudes walk through the door and Justin Harrington getting healthy. And Alex Grinch is like, bro, we have dudes like literally three times your size. You're not going to get as much playing time as you want to. And that's the, I mean, that am I, am I assuming it takes some I, balls to say that, am I going too far to say that that's what happened, that they're like, you're not going to get much playing time or as much playing time as you'd like to see, because we have other body types in now that are like legit. I don't playmakers. think that's too far off. I don't think, no, I don't think they said it like that. I said, I think they wanted him to be at Oklahoma because he does have a role there. But at the same time, his role on the field might be a little more limited going into the season. What's he going to do for Washington? They're a good defensive team, too, I thought. They've always had a pretty good defense. Um, was it, is it Jimmy Lake down there or something like that? Yeah. So he, he's always put a pretty decent defense together. I think they run the nickel package a little bit like Oklahoma, so it should be an easy transition for him. Is but the, in the Pac-12, I don't think they have the bodies that the yeah, Big 12 has. That's fair. That's fair. And, and, and then talking about the Big 12, do you think, because it seems like there's been another shift in transition now that the SEC is going to the spread, the Big 12 is staying kind of in the spread, but some teams like Iowa State, Baylor, make it a little more difficult because now they're going to more traditional sets. Is the Big 12 trending back towards playing real football as far as like, having a complimentary game of offense and defense, like the end, like my, my, I guess my follow-up question after that would be, how do we know if it's real? Like, is it, do we have to wait till bowl games or is it just, recruit, <laughs> is, it, is it the recruiting rankings? How do we know it's real? You got to look at recruiting. Now the big 12 is not going to recruit on the same level that as the sec. There's just no way. Um, especially as a conference. Now, Oklahoma and Texas, they can recruit. And maybe, you know, one program finds a stride in their class, but a lot of the Big 12 seems like it's being made up of transfers. Um, so they're getting these, these guys that maybe didn't pan out or didn't want to wait for their turn at another program that were highly coveted guys that now have an open spot at like a TCU. Um, so in that way, they're getting more talent. It's just a different route and it's a little bit longer. So it's kind of hard to calculate talent as far as recruiting goes, just because of how the transfer portal is. The other thing is you're going to have to wait to the bowl games, but um, body types wise, I think the big 12 is just getting better. Um, they're not going to just pull in the insane amount of talent. That the Southeast conference is because they don't have that recruiting ground. They have to go out and find different ways to get it, but uh, they are getting, they're getting closer. What freshman from the 2021 class makes an impact on the defense? Do you think defensively, do you think, do you think it's Billy Bowman? Do you think he's going to get some playing time right away? I know he's gotten a lot of talk. He had the interception, I think, in that, that video today that they released. Mm -hmm. um, biggest impact, 
maybe a Clayton Smith. I know I've talked that he might need some time, but he's he's continued to get more and more talk as as these practices develop. And then Latrell McCutcheon, um, a little bit of a waiting line at the at the quarterback position, but I mean six one one eighty. That's a body type that can get in right away. And then I think you obviously have to look at Isaiah Coe um, being another guy that could that could get a spot in right away. Do you think Coe is going to come in with the same sort of athleticism and maybe impact that not not Perry and Winfrey, but Josh Ellison did? Josh Ellison's a good good comp there. I think that that's fair because I don't think he's quite the dynamic player that Perry on Winfrey is, but he's mm-hmm. pretty solid, pretty solid uh, piece you can add. That's interesting. You know, I it can Oklahoma play defense with some of the better teams in college football, or how far are they off from like a school like going know, like, into this season? I would say yes. You think they can play? On they got par the with bodies. The, they got the yeah. They got the bodies in the trenches. Um, maybe they don't have the most athletic linebackers, but they're they're still pretty good. They'll they'll win you a game. Um, the defensive, uh, backfields getting a lot better. So I would say that this year, especially if, as a, like a, a down year for quarterbacks that they can, they can play with anyone. That kind of surprises me. Cause I feel like they're still not going to be on Clemson or Ohio States or Alabama's level. I feel like they might be a tier below. I feel like they will be able to compete in some instances, but I don't know. Like, like if you take this team that on paper, going into the 2021 season and you place them in the college football playoff from this past season, do you think they win a game? Uh, I do. I do think they win a game. You think they win the national title or do you think they get? No, the they don't win the title? national title. Okay. I think they can win a game. That's interesting. They're, they're more balanced as a, as a roster than they've ever been before. That's true. But you know, Lincoln's air raid. He hates running the ball. That's what I hear anyway. <laughs> Don't tell Ramondre. I won't tell Ramondre Stevenson. But anyways, we have a break for our sponsors. Uh, We've been talking a little bit defense. We're going to focus on offense right after we get back from a break. All right. So let's talk offensive side of the ball. Lincoln Riley hates Chandler Morris. Sounds like a <laughs> news, man. Why Someone does he... kept telling me it's personal. Yeah, why does he hate him so much? Is it because he doesn't like Chad? Is that why? I think so. Uh-huh. I think he was in that uh, that little fight with Spencer. What's his name? The holder. Dude. Now quarterback. Now he's a quarterback. Why does any people have, been talking, Jones. people have been talking about that story for the longest time? I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> wh- why are we talking? Why is this a talking point? It's the next biggest scandal, I guess, since uh, Mixon. Like, are we that bored that some guy got beat to hell by a wrestler in a in a college bar are we that bored it's gotta have that drama god that's you so gotta have the drama. i wish they wouldn't have released the video though that way we could get like a six month like media frenzy as like as far as trying to get that video out it's just embarrassing like why is that on why was that on espn ever well it's because he got hurt really bad like okay i get that these dudes are wrestling and pee on the floor and <laughs> shit like that. Like, first of all, don't ever pick a fight with like a wrestler. Second of all, don't ever pick a fight with a wrestler while they're drunk. They don't feel things. And like, you, like, you, like remorse. Like, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, I, I hope he's, I hope he recovers wherever. I hope he's fine. I hope all that other stuff. I hope the injuries are good. I don't Have they even settled that thing or is this still an ongoing situation? Uh, I think it's still an ongoing thing. Okay. Well, far, I, hope... I don't think there's a criminal act involved. I think it's just like more of a lawsuit now. Yeah, I don't know. I I just hate the fact that that's even a talking point. Like, oh, Oklahoma Spencer Jones. Like, like any Oklahoma fan knows who the hell Spencer Jones is. Like, I mean, they all got on their their laptops and like, oh, who's Spencer Jones? Oh, okay, the holder. There we go. He's a holder. Oh, he's the holder. He's not even the holder, right? He's like a backup holder. He's the uh... holder's holder. He may have been the holder last year. Really? Are you sure about that? I'm not thought, 100% sure. I thought we had another Hody winner, another holder of the year that wasn't Spencer Jones. Uh, maybe. I think it was. Oh, you're thinking about the uh, the other quarterback. I don't know what his name is. Dude, and that, this is like the whole insignificance <laughs> of all of this. But 
back on like Lincoln Riley and, and Chad and Chad Morris, you know, his son, Chandler Morris. Uh, is there like what TCU fans are upset, right? Because it should be. I, I bet like most Oklahoma folks like did not even know Lincoln Riley was holding that and not releasing him until Gary Patterson said it to the media, right? Right. But and they should have They did the same thing with uh, Austin, Kendall. Austin Kendall. Yeah. And then the media got on Lincoln Riley's butt, and he was finally like, fine, sure, whatever. Go ahead, take it. Do you think he's going to back down this time with Chandler Morris too? I think he's going to wait until the NCAA makes a ruling on it. Because I know they're trying to do like the – what is it? It's like a one transfer time, like one time transfer kind of rule or something where you're immediately eligible. But um, I don't know if it's. I thought you were allowed to do that within conference. Of, I thought you were allowed to do that because of COVID, anyways. Right. But I think this is like moving forward. Oh, okay. But um, the conference rules still apply as far as if you're, you're transferring within conference, you have to sit out a year. And so that's why I don't understand. That's the big- the big I, thing. I don't understand the issue, like why TCU folks are so mad. Like, do you it would Chandler Moore start for them next year? No, because they have Duggan. Then what's the deal? The depth. You can Is find like it? a package for it. I mean, and they're like, oh, Lincoln Riley, you know, uh, it's like it's so dumb. And then I saw somebody try to compare this situation to Baker Mayfield, despite the fact that Baker was a, a year. was a walk-on and he also sat out a damn year so did kyler murray also sat out a year like uh yeah i think it's like if you're lincoln riley you don't want to be known as the head coach or offensive coordinator or quarterback coach that basically these one-year rentals come in and you just flood your conference with your own quarterbacks yeah and like you just got coached up by this guy in his offense and with Spencer Rattler, it's going to be roughly probably a very, very similar offense next year. And to have him like scouting, you know, kind of like when Baker Mayfield did the same thing when they played tech, but that's because their defense was horrible. And uh, it's just, man, it's just, it's stupid. It's a storyline that people need to talk about in the end. Do you think Lincoln Riley is going to let him, let him go? Like most the- likely, I don't think it's settled till like midsummer, late summer, that kind of thing. Yeah, sounds about right. And I think about this coming season. I think about the offensive line because we 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 all got excited about like you know the spring updates. Jersey numbers are new. Uh, you know, like Eric Gray's wearing number zero as a running back, and you get to see the weight fluctuations. And I remember looking at last year. And I was like, oh, cool. So-and-so's number this. Oh, so-and-so changed their number to this. Um, and then, like, Nick Benito, I don't remember what number he was before he was 11. 35. Oh, yeah. So, that was like, that was so weird. But then he changed it. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then I looked at the offensive line. I was like, all right, who's putting on weight? Who's dropping weight? Expecting, you know, five pounds here, 10 pounds here maybe. And I just remember seeing, like, Marquise Hayes ballooning 35, 40 pounds up to, like, 350. Uh, Tyrese Robinson ballooning 30 pounds up to like 340. And I was like, holy crap. Like these dudes are coming <laughs> back to camp as fat as hell. I was like, there's no way they worked out that much or at all. And it showed. And then now you see all the offensive linemen, okay, except Creed last year. Creed actually came back to campus still with that weight. But uh, all the offensive linemen dropped weight pretty much. And so do you think that's going to pay dividends between uh for this season and so and in as, as a follow-up i suppose what's the offensive line look like who's starting at every position because oklahoma you pretty much know who the bookends are you have a pretty good idea who the tackles are going to be you have some pretty serious dudes on the interior that you could plug and play so what do you think about the offensive line and what do you think about this year? Because last year they got off to a slow, slow, slow start. Like they didn't even start looking good till the very end of the season. <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, what, after Texas? It felt like bedlam to the first time they, they finally good. found. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even after Texas, they had some struggles and then they just killed Florida's whatever right. team they had out right. there. So um, for that, I mean, you're looking at these, like, uh, look at it this way. 
you're not fighting two battles now going into the season. You're not fighting conditioning and fighting that, uh, that chemistry. Um, you have guys that are in shape, maybe even gotten better um, physically, stronger, faster, that kind of thing. Um, so now what you have to do is just simply figure out your best five. And I think we know the tackles there. Um, it's the interior of the offensive line that's kind of going to raise some questions. I think Chris Murray's probably going to be your, your, uh, your center. I think he's what the lightest, like 280, something like that, um, which is a little bit surprising, but I think he's, he's the most versatile there. Tyrese Robinson, uh, probably going to start at right guard again. And then you look at left guard as most likely Andrew Rame, who had the most time at left guard last season um, outside the starters. You think they're going to bench Marquise Hayes? Oh, no, not Marquise Hayes. Sorry. Andrew Rame, right, right guard. Okay. You think they're going to bench Tyrese Hayes. Robinson? I think so. Wow. He already, like, doesn't he already hate Bill Beatonbow? I mean, <laughs> if you're an offensive lineman and you don't hate your coach, it's probably not a good coach. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, Robinson kind of seems like the, the odd guy out in the situation. Man, because like, you know, it, it, Wanya Morris is going to play at tackle. Right. So Eric Swenson? Oh, man, I hope not. Who else would it be? At right tackle? Yeah. Oh man, I kind of want to see what Nate Anderson can do. Are you not a fan Is of his... what? Uh, oh, what's the tackle I played last year? Left sparingly until Swenson. Anton. Yeah. Are we not high on Anton Harrison? I think he's more of a left tackle. Do you think Wani starts at right? Or do you? Think I think he Wani... starts at left, and they're going to try still goes left. at right. Man. I think Wani Morris is, is absolutely left tackle no matter what. And I just Eric Swenson, I just every time I saw him on the field last year, he was just getting beat time after time on, on the left side. But I know I know left side is different than, than, than the right tackle, but right. Oh my goodness. I hate I, I just don't want to see Eric Swenson in the game. <laughs> I think I think that, that era is finally over. This has to be like his seventh year of eligibility. It feels like it. It feels like for forever that Michigan said, nah, never mind, we're good. And then Lincoln Riley took him. But yeah, no, yeah, I was that, what, 2014? Yeah. Oh, God, feels like it. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I, I think that Wanya Morris starts at left tackle. I think at center, I don't know. You could have Chris Murray, but at the same time, I could also see Andrew Rame. I'm I'm really high on Andrew Rame. I really like him uh, as an interior. I think he's really really smart. Not not to say Chris Murray isn't. I just think he has more weight on him, and uh, he's been with Oklahoma. I think what longer than Chris Murray, right? Or did they come in at the same time? They came in roughly the same time. Did yeah? Murray transferred and Rame just got recruited. I just think that Murray. Uh, I think Rame has more of intangibles to be that center, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, it, how hard is it to be a Pac-12 All-American? Like, <laughs> no, can't be too hard. It the Pac-12 is not a good conference. You know, you know, if like Wanya Morris was an All-SEC freshman team, like that, sure, cool. I'll, I'll sign me up for that because they play legit defensive linemen. They don't. They play like flag football in the Pac-12. I'm. They need yeah, to but if you're not blocking conference. like Kayvon Thibodeau, like once a year, yeah. that's it. And then he got some random guy named Charles from like Utah. God, Pac-12 is pretty bad. It's not good. It's horrible. That's why I'm not that big a fan of necessary. I'm not that big a fan of adding Pac-12 teams to the Big 12. But at this point, it looks like that's the only way the Big 12 is just going to stay around is to add both Arizona schools and then later on go poach like USC and somebody else. I have no idea. That conference is garbage. They play flag football. So I, I, I still don't know about Chris Murray, but I can tell you the both guards are probably going to be the same. The tackles will probably be uh, Anton Harrison and Wanya Morris. I just don't know who's going to be the signal caller in the middle because the center is like the most, like, wouldn't you agree? The center is one of the most important players on the team next to the quarterback. Yeah, he's uh, he's calling the pressures and and some of the things the line do. So he's he's the quarterback of the offensive line. Pre snap, man, man, I just 
I just trust I trust Rain there more, but that's maybe just because I've seen Rain more than I've seen Chris Murray. I, I've seen right. literally zero Chris Murray except for the small amounts he was in at the very end of the year. And so what freshman do you expect to make an impact on the offense if there is room to make an impact on the offense this coming year? It looks like this offense is pretty seasoned. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty stout group. Um, the one guy that can make a make a instant impact is Mario Williams, and we saw it last year with Marvin Mims um, that they're not afraid to play these these freshman wide receivers and get them in involved, especially if they're doing that well. Um, even though they have like Theo Weiss, Trajan Bridges coming back, Jaden Hazelwood coming back, there's still room in that rotation for for a freshman wide receiver to make a difference. You think Hazelwood's going to wear that brace on his knee the entire season? Or you think he's going to have to take it off eventually? I would wear it, but you think that's, that's just me. Don't you think that's going to, you know, impede his mobility? Uh, a little bit. They've gotten better at the design, but it's not, it, it's not perfect. Cause that was the only thing I was really worried about, about him about, you know, once you really hurt your knee like that, especially as a wide receiver running routes, you know, those things are golden to a wide receiver. So I was a little bit worried about his mobility and, you know, looking at freshman players making an impact, well, I think the biggest one, I mean, besides, you know, wide receivers like Mario Williams, who is just like blazing speed, I think it'd be Caleb Williams. I don't think he's going to start, but I think that he has enough talent that he could definitely push Spencer Rattler. I mean, do you, do you have that idea or no? Do you think that Spencer Rattler knows the job's his? I mean, of course he knows the job is his, but... Do you think Spencer Ryler is going to have a comfortable year or do you think that Caleb Williams has the ability to push him? Cause I do. I think that Caleb Williams may not have the arm Spencer Ryler does, but I think he has the playmaking ability that, right. that maybe Spencer Ryler does not, especially if he can um, run and tuck it. I think they'll try to make practices where they make Spencer Rattler feel uncomfortable. Uh, I don't think Caleb Williams will ever make a, a big push towards a starting position. Right. Um, unless Spencer Rattler just goes on his turnover spree again, something like that. Um, but as far as like fall camp, I think they'll do some things to make Caleb Williams look farther ahead than he is. Now um, you have to remember that Spencer Rattler sat a year so he could learn the offense. Caleb Williams hasn't learned the offense well at all. This is he's in his first or second practice Right. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out. So um, there's no way that he pushes realistically uh, against a, a guy in his third year, essentially. And, you know, they're, they're both totally different quarterbacks. I mean, they totally have, they have totally different styles. They, you know, Spencer Rattler is more of a guy that's gonna get you look, look down the field, gonna risk it a couple of times. Caleb Williams seems more like a guy that's like a Russell Wilson type, a guy that's going to use his legs to buy some time and dump off the ball, but also, you know, throw it really far downfield. And that's not really what Spencer Rattler is about. He's Spencer Rattler seems about throwing the ball and dropping it in a bucket, being deadly accurate. And, you know, I'm excited to see what Spencer Rattler does with a real off season without COVID. I mean, he got it in the off season. So Oklahoma didn't have to worry about him losing losing him during the year right and um i'm very curious to see you know know, that's another that's another thing that lincoln riley kind of talked about was the covid vaccination situation how do you feel about all that like talking about they're not gonna of course you can't force them to get it but they said you know a lot of guys are going to the coaching staff's gonna do it uh and a lot of players they want to play so they're gonna get it like what do you how do you feel about that entire situation um it's one of those things where you're really gonna test how far along the players are um as far as maturity goes because they're not gonna make anyone get the vaccine you just can't do that you can't just force someone to get it and that that's fair if they don't want to get it that's their choice but they're gonna have to live with the consequences of you know, maybe if I do get sick again, I'm out two weeks or whatever. Right. That, that time period is. So um, we'll see. Cause you look at like everyone vouching for players when they get paid and do all this. I think this will be the first sign to see. Can they handle like real life situations outside the football field? Right. Do you think Mike Leach and his team or do you just not, not, not even team? Do you think Mike Leach is going to get that vaccination? Um, I can't tell. Probably not. I can't <laughs> tell. Not. I, 
I really can't tell. Like, I can tell you that Nick Saban probably will. And I can tell you that Lincoln Riley will and Bob Stoops will and all those other dudes. I don't know about Mike Leach. Mike Leach, he's, I think he, well. What about Mike Gundy? Gundy won't. You think so? I don't think he's going to get it. It's going to be rattles. Just from talking to people that are around around that situation. Rattlesnake hunting. The real interesting thing will be if Kale Gundy gets it because they're kind of cut from the same cloth as being brothers. Yeah. And, you know, Kale, you know, I mean, he already lost his eyebrows. <laughs> Whatever happened to those? I Do think people just, just lose their eyebrows? I think, you know, you just been out in the sun too long. And they just roasted them off. That's true. I did go to football camp one summer and it was like, I think on the second day, it was a three day camp. Um, it was like 106 degrees and I came back home and I was just so sunburned. And the next morning I was like scratching my, my eyebrows and like some of them just like fell out and I was like, Oh my God, mom, my eyebrows are falling out. <laughs> and I didn't, go to, I didn't go to the camp the third day. Cause I had like third degree sunburns, but like, no wonder kale wears that. I can see that. Hat. <laughs> you gotta, gotta cover those brows because he's got to, cause he, he wears that massive, like kind of hat. And he always has like a towel because, you know, like your eyebrows, people don't realize this. Like, I don't understand how people don't realize this, but they just don't that your eyebrows are a and they're an adaptation to you as a human sweating. And they literally make sure the sweat does not get in your eyes. So like Kale Gunny's out there practicing in 100 degree heat on two a days. This man has no protection for his eyeballs from the sweat. So, like, he has to have, like, towels wrapped around his head. I'm dead-ass serious. It's Baker incredible. needs to get him one of those uh, headbands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, could you imagine Kale doing that in, like, some jorts? <laughs> That's disgusting. That sounds like... It looked like an old Gardner Minshew. It looked like every Florida head coach ever. But um, So, let's talk about receivers before we get out of here. In order, from top from the most to least uh who are your top four receivers by the end of the year and i'm not just talking like wide receivers i'm talking like hbac yeah production like you can be hbac tight end wide receiver etc who gets the most second third and fourth first i'll go i'll go marvin mims again i don't think uh, he's gonna slow down i think he's actually gotten a lot better um, especially because we talked about the last couple podcasts that he was still playing his high school body. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen what he's, what Marvin Mims can do given a, a full off season of strength and conditioning. So I'll stick with Mims at number one, number two, Jaden Hazelwood. I think a lot of people are um, excited to see him get back. I think he showed some stuff last season before the injury. Um, and they just didn't really get a fulfill. Like, you know, he didn't ever, take that next step. He's still stuck in his, his freshman freshman phase. So um, I think he'll take a big step forward. And I think he's already begun to do that from all accounts from these practices or workouts or whatever you want to call them. Um, number three, let's go. Uh, let's go Theo Weiss. Um, he finally started to become that guy towards the end of the season. We talked about a, a true number two wide receiver. Um, Theo Weiss finally stepped in that role. The more, more active he is, the more open everyone else gets. So let's go through Theo Weiss at three and, uh, Austin Stogner at four. Okay. Mine's gonna Mine's a little bit different. Mine's a little bit different. I've got Jaden Hazelwood as number one, narrowly. I think him and Marvin Mims, our top two are the, are, are the same, just in different order. I think Jaden Hazelwood Hazelwood is going going to narrowly edge out Marvin Mims for total production even though I think that Marvin Mims might score more touchdowns. Okay. And then my third is Austin Stogner. I'm going for yardage. Austin Stogner, he's going to be a big target over the middle of the field and I think that there's going to be less growing pains this year. And also I think Spencer Rattler is going to not put Austin Sogner in awful positions to have basically his back broken in half or being concussed <laughs> like Kyla Murray did to Grant Calcaterra. Or breaks then, his leg. Goodness, man. Like, like I mean, Cal, I hope he does well. Where, where is Calcaterra now? What's it, Auburn? I think, I think but now Auburn. I think he's at SMU. But then, yeah, but then I thought I transferred again or something like that. I can't I think it's SMU now. 
but I he's but gonna kill it there. I like I liked Kyler Murray a lot. I liked Calc a lot, and but man, Kyler Murray put him in so many bad positions right over the middle of the field to get crunched by several defenders. But I like Stogner third. I think I think they're gonna play him a lot up the seams, and I think with a matured Spencer Rattler and a better offensive line and more play action, I think you're gonna see Stogner be a lot better there. And then I think fourth, um, I'm gonna go with Trajan Bridges. Lincoln Riley freaking loves Trajan Bridges. Even all with all the pot involved, he talked about how much he loved him and how close he was to a Tylen Wallace guy. And I think like he loves Trajan Bridges. I think Trajan Bridges is going to get a lot of playing time. I think you're going to see a dude like Theo Weiss eventually transfer out after this year because he's going to be uh, that third guy. And then you've got Mari Williams coming in and other guys coming in too. So I think uh, Theo Weiss might be an odd man out after having a good year, such as this last one. I could be wrong. Um, you know, maybe uh, Jaden Hazel will transfer to North Carolina, like some idiots might have suggested. <laughs> Georgia, back to Georgia. I don't know. Just group. I don't even know. Message board idiots, something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I, those are like, do you think I'm reasonable here or do you think I'm like off um, offline? It just definitely seems like a possibility that one of those three are going to transfer out. What about just not going to fit in Trajan Bridges being the fourth leading receiver? Um, I could kind of see it. I could kind of see it. I don't know if it's super realistic, but I think there's enough there where he's just a different type of receiver that he's not not the big body Jaden Hazelwood, not the big body Theo Weiss, so he mm-hmm. finds a different role. Um, and, and, you know, going back into high school that him and Spencer Rattler and Theo Weiss were that little trio that they had a lot, a big connection and Jane Hazelwood was kind of that odd man out, um, committing late. You think Drake Stoops is going to see any time this year now that they have a lot of guys there. He's already on the hype videos. I mean, I like Drake Stoops. I, I think, (laughs) I think he finds, I think he finds zones, the holes and zones really well. Uh, he, he had does a couple, run in place like a lot. He does. He he had a couple of clutch moments during the season. I mean, he effectively ended the Texas game. Yeah. And so, like, I really, really like him. And I think he's a guy that you could probably rely on. But I just don't I don't I I don't know if I can see him on the field now that you don't have dudes smoking pot that are suspended. And now you bring in more five stars for the for wide receiver position. But who knows? He probably knows that playbook like the back of his head. Yeah, Bob probably has been teaching him since he was six. Yep. That's interesting, but do you have anything you think, else? Uh, you think Drake, like, drinks a little rock and roll? Man. At all? Before games? No, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he does because he might, might, get into a, might get into a brawl, you know, with a wrestler. Uh, but no, um, you know, I can't. do you think Bob Stoops even drinks his own tequila? Uh, like I bet he does. Do you think is? I don't Bob, think he drinks a lot of tequila though. I think he like maybe takes a shot or two. You think Bob's gonna like wear a tequila tie or promote his tequila on the Fox afternoon kickoff? Oh yeah, that's gonna be an awkward oh, situation yeah. with him. Across. I want him to pull like a Charles Barkley and like spill like a little bit of tequila on the counter. Oh, that's awesome. on a coffee cup. Oh yeah. It's going to be awkward, and he's sitting across from Matt Leiner and like Reggie Bush and all those dudes that just like waxed his teams when they were down in the Orange Bowl. It's because we didn't buy you a house, Reggie. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's true. They took Matt Leiner's family to a Chili's so on the recruiting trip, but there was also nothing in Norman at the time to, as well. So that kind of is also not in their favor so they had jason oklahoma jason white just you know didn't work out 55 to 19 we live that thing remember oklahoma scored first and i was like all right oh you've got this in the bag and then it was <laughs> all downhill from there that was it but so mark bradley uh God. Was, it, was it a kickoff it was it was like a punter kickoff punt. and he he muffed that crap like right inside his own 10 wasn't it yeah, it was God. pretty bad. That was that was 17 years ago, so getting old. I feel like I'm a million years old since uh, this last year happened, but 
Do you have anything else? I'm about to get out of here, man. Uh, join Discord. Discord's yeah, cool. jo- join the Discord. And if you don't join know what it. we're talking about, like, just ask us, and we'll drop a link for you. And it's a good community. It's fun times, and sometimes a little bit scary. You know, Stephen has to suck, go in the rooms and be like, "What the hell's going on?" But uh, it's it a little out of hand sometimes. Yeah, but what what times doesn't it get out of hand? You know, and the word "it" it can be used for a lot of different ways here, but. Yeah, I, I, I will sign off on that to join the Discord. And if you want an invite to ask me or Steven for it, and we will more than happily give it to you. But you guys can also follow us on Twitter, and that's how you can reach us as well for a Discord invite. You can follow us at CC Machine. Uh, Jack couldn't be with us tonight, but he's at J Larry Shields. You can follow me at K and CCM. You can follow Steven at OUPDATEDSB. You can. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever else. And what were you about to say? What was I about to say? Yeah, what were you about to say? Um, feels, like, feels like you got something on your mind. I just wish Jack was here. You mentioned Jack, so I miss Jack. I miss Jack, too. He's uh, he's getting married, man. Yeah, I bet Jack, I bet he like ditched on the, the, the podcast. He's probably at a bar somewhere. It's pretty nice outside. It is. It is. He does like those bars. You know, know, Tito's, you know, he he likes that stuff. But all right, let's let's get out of here. But anyways, if you listen for the first time, like what you heard, we're just kind of like talking shit. Uh, Hit the subscribe button and even give us a five star rating. I might even send you some of the stuff that like these random companies send me because you know we're part of like box media i have like random bobbleheads kyler murray and <laughs> baker mayfield bobbleheads like and one's like a kyler murray uh baseball bobblehead like they're like hey here you go free promo take this book so it's cool whatever so i might even send one to you if you uh dm me a picture of your five-star review i don't know i'm just in i'm just into that thing so anyways we'll take you guys later spring football's happening the spring game is just around the corner that's it see you